Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205-913-1720. I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back. As always, I'm super thankful for your support. Today, I feel like there are a dozen things that I want to share with you. I'm just kind of having one of those fairly uncommon creative weeks where ideas are just flooding out every day and I'm writing them down and trying to figure out what order to put them in. I have that little extra sense of optimism that there are things we can do that matter and that they please God and that God has gifted us the lives to do them. I am, however, going to curb a lot of that enthusiasm because I know I only get a few minutes with you today, and so I have chosen just one of those topics to share with a few little connected subpoints. But here's the thing. This particular exercise today, for me, has been the primary energy source for all of this recent creativity because it relates to the way that you think about yourself. Today, you will be asked to take responsibility for those thoughts that play over and over in your head. You will be introduced to a concept called broken soundtracks and how it is that our minds can tell us repeatedly things that hold us back, things that we just inherently trust because they are our thoughts. I'm just here to tell you that your thoughts need more policing than that. Left on their own, to play out as they will, they usually will hold you back. They will tell you that you can't, that you aren't, and that it won't. And if that kind of stuff is stuck in your head and is not being held accountable, you can go get a journal and write affirmations all you want, and it won't make any difference because the music in the background is tearing it down even as you are consciously trying to build yourself up. So we're going to break down the science of that a little bit today and give you a few questions that you need to be asking yourself that I'm sitting here with a smile on my face ready to testify will make all the difference. But before we get into all of that, I need to give a shout out and a book recommendation. The shout out is for my friend and sister in Christ, Alicia Short. She lives up in Northern Kentucky. She and Tim and the whole family, all wonderful people. And a few weeks ago, she gifted me an audiobook by John Acuff called Soundtracks. She thought I would enjoy the book because he gives some very interesting psychology on the way that the brain works. He challenges each of us to take control of our thoughts, and he mixes in a ton of humor while he does it. And she was right about that. I'm about halfway through the audiobook at this point, so I know there are a lot of really positive, constructive things that he'll be doing on the backside. And after I listen to that, I'm sure it'll come together in an episode and we can talk about it. But the things in the first half really enlightened me. The things that are happening in my head that I couldn't previously explain, things that I didn't think I could do anything about. And now I know that I can. 
and I'm doing it. So even if I'd finished the whole book, we would probably have to break this into two pieces. So consider this part one. All right, so let's begin this by talking about soundtracks. These are the songs that play in the background of movies. They may play throughout the whole movie, and you don't even realize it. They play over and over again, and even years later, you can hear those soundtracks and remember parts of a certain movie. John's opening observation is that you have that going on at all times in your own mind. It may be set to music. It may not. You may sometimes be able to turn the volume down, but it's always there. These are the thoughts that play over and over and over again in your mind. Somehow, over time, your brain has decided that these are the things that are true. These are the facts of the case, and everything you decide to do or not to do has to connect itself to these ongoing beliefs that define you. Now, he did not have to convince me of that. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've always got this voice playing in my head, setting the limits, the governor, on what I can and cannot do. Maybe it keeps reassuring me of who I am and who I'll always be. But oftentimes, that's not good. How am I going to become someone else when there is this constant voice in my head saying, nope, it's all been settled. This is you, and I'll just keep telling you things that we know about you to make sure that you don't change. And this is about where the first eureka moment came for me. He cited some studies and different things I won't include today. But he said, if you just let those soundtracks run and you don't manage them, you don't hold them accountable or challenge them, they will play on and on and generally they will be negative. They are limiters. They are comfort zone controllers. And again, in most cases, if you do not know that they can be unreliable, if you are not aware that they must be challenged, then you will just believe them. If you've always told yourself you can't do something, then that's what you'll always believe. This can certainly work in the positive direction, which I'm sure we'll touch on at the end today and in the follow-up episode. But I'm most concerned with people who are stifled in their journey to excel still more because their greatest enemy is the ongoing voice inside their head. Now, you may be thinking and this could be one of the broken soundtracks playing in your head, that you need to trust that because it's you and your thoughts are revealing what is absolute and you shouldn't listen to some guy on a podcast. Just go back to what you know about yourself. Well, let me give you three reasons right now why you should not settle for that sandwich of bologna. Acuff in his book puts it this way, your brain can be a jerk. And here's why. Number one, your brain distorts your memories. There are things about yourself that you believe are true because you can think back to the time that it happened. But scientifically, there's like a 60% chance that you are not remembering that correctly. You've amplified it. You've given it emotional power. It is limiting you, and it isn't even totally true. I was doing some research on this last year, and it never found its way into an episode. But many scientists say that when you think back upon a memory in your past, you're actually only recalling the most recent copy of it, which changes just a little bit. 
every time you recall it. So if I'm letting past experiences and how I remember them limit me and tell me no, I may not even be trusting what is real. Number two, the brain confuses fake trauma with real trauma. We both know that trauma is a big deal. When super dramatic, weighty things happen, they tend to define us in some way for the rest of our lives. There is a chemical released in the brain that tags that event and gives it tremendous weight. But there have been some interesting studies done where they simulated a traumatic event in the lives of people. And the people knew that it was a simulation. And yet the brain released those same chemicals marking it as a defining moment. I was thinking today, this is probably why movies can hit us so hard. We know they're actors and we're watching a scripted film, but our brain doesn't really understand that. And so it responds as if it's really happening. Well, look, that's fine if you're watching the Avengers or something, but that's not fine if you're letting your past feelings about something and how traumatic it was and how many doors it shut keep you from opening doors today. Because while there are truly terrible things that we face, there are a great many that were not so terrible and shouldn't be given the same kind of weight. John talked about in the book how he wanted to become a public speaker, and he handed out all these flyers, and he showed up with a thousand buttons to hand out, and two people came. And how in the months to follow, his brain really wanted to categorize that as total catastrophic failure Never do that again. But it wasn't. It was an experience. He needed to reevaluate his approach, but it did not deserve to be weighted as something that could hold him back from his dreams. Number three, your brain likes to believe what it already believes. I think they call this cognitive bias. We are aware of bias in other people where they can't say what they know to be true. They can't even process it for what's right in front of them because they're already predetermined to align with one thing or another. Well, check this out. If we don't get involved in this mental process, we do that to ourselves. I liked one of the examples in the book. Maybe a mom says, I'm disorganized, I'm late for everything. And at her kids' 7 p.m. soccer practice, she shows up at 7.03, confirming that she is, in fact, the hopeless underachiever that she believes herself to be. But the brain has somehow conveniently skipped over the fact that she had the kids up in the morning at the perfect time, had them fed and clothed and at school. She got everything done she needed to that day. Dinner was amazing, and she pretty much nailed it for 10 hours. All of that tremendous information that could help create a super encouraging new soundtrack completely set aside, and the thoughts only grab on to the small piece of information that confirms the broken soundtrack. So here's where our title comes in. You need to be managing that soundtrack in your head. Left unattended, it will do unreliable things. There will be self-sabotage and walls put up where they don't belong. Because, as we said, your brain is distorting many of your memories, confusing fake trauma with real, and only storing away events in your day that defends its position. To get back to the opening and the creativity this week and this tremendous sense of joy and optimism, I took John's advice in the book, The Things I'm About to Reveal to You, to hold to account 
all of the negative thinking. Challenge it. Make it defend itself. And you know what? They were cowards. Those thoughts turned and ran, and what replaced them was this sense of, I can do. And when you, as a child of God, add to that who God is and what Christ can do and how the Spirit is involved, those thoughts, those soundtracks playing in our head should be hymns of praise and gratitude and expectation and a really beautiful, focused, can't-wait-to-see-what-happens creativity. Okay, let's use the remainder of our time getting very comfortable asking ourselves three questions. When you start hearing that voice again, when somehow emotionally you just keep falling back into that same comfortable rut, ask yourself this question. Is it true? Is this thing I think about myself or about someone else, is it really true? Is it factual? Is it something that is proven Something absolute, non-negotiable, or do I just think it is? And I'm going to tell you right here, a lot of that negative mumbo-jumbo, limitation garbage will not pass this test. I mean, you may come up with one example here or there that backs it as possibly true, but remember, those recollections probably aren't accurate, so don't give them all the weight in the world. Take control of the way you think throughout every day, that tune that plays, and make sure that it is actually believable. And maybe this takes a measure of humility. I don't know. If you're someone who thinks that everything you always think is right because you're the one who thinks it, then your soundtrack is managing you. And you need to start asking some important questions. Question number two, is it helpful You know, it may be that something that you always rely on has evidence for it and passes the truth test, but then you have to ask yourself, is it something that leads me to productive action, or is it something that renders me inactive? Because it can be somewhat true and yet completely worthless. This is usually when our thoughts include words like always and never. I'm always running behind because I don't know how to manage my time. I'll never be a great student and get the grades that other kids get. Look, you may be running late a little more often these days, or maybe you did do poorly on your most recent test, but using absolute, settled, law, negative language is not going to encourage you to do better. How can you tell yourself that same truth but do so in a helpful way? So you're still addressing the same problem. We're not repressing thoughts on a certain topic. We're just managing them, reconstructing them to be optimistic, to encourage creativity and change. Maybe it's something like, you know, these last couple of tests have not gone well, but I know exactly what I can do this week to turn it around. And that leads us to the third question that I want you to challenge yourself with all throughout this week. Is it kind? These thoughts that I keep having, are they a blessing to me or are they a curse? Now, you might say something like, Chris, look, if it's true, it's true. If it's unkind or harsh, that's just the way that it is. And look, I know you're only saying that because that's the way you talk to yourself, but I think that soundtrack might be broken. And as Dr. Phil would ask, so how's that working out for you? You know, Jesus was pretty harsh and direct with people in the New Testament. 
but they were destitute, prideful, pharisaical haters of him who needed to be rebuked. But then there were those who definitely needed to change, who had made a ton of mistakes, but who had soft hearts, who were listeners and learners and ready to try new things. And those people he spoke to with tremendous kindness and mercy. And that's who you are, right? I mean, you listen to content like this podcast because you believe in the power of incremental, steady change. We believe in direction, not just position. And we know that God values people who want to get better. So ask yourself, are these things that I believe about me, are they kind things? Are they hopeful things? And we have a great test for that. Are you ready? I love this question. These things that you tell yourself, if you told them to a friend, not once in some special circumstance, if you told these things to a friend every day, day after day, would they still be your friend? And look, there's time for a little tough love and correction of a friend or stating facts that are not pleasant to hear. But I'm not going to go up to a friend who has unfulfilled potential and say, look, man, you're never going to be any different than where you are. Your whole life has proven that this is it, and there's nothing you can do to change it. None of which, by the way, is true. And you can go out and try some new things and make some effort, but we both know you're going to end up right back where you started. That is not helpful. And if you'd have made these different decisions 10 years ago, your whole life would be different. So you really blew it. That is terribly unkind. But then what if I asked him to lunch again tomorrow and set it all again? And then I scheduled lunch for the next day so I could tell it to him all again. At some point, he'd stop showing up for lunch. Or he'd sit me down and straighten me out. And that's the project I want you to embark upon this week. Manage your soundtrack. Hold that thinking to account. Don't rely on evidence from your past that may not even be reliable. Don't let tiny pieces of evidence make the whole case. Root out the stuff that's untrue and unhelpful and unkind. Because my time's about up today, but I have a promise for you. The soundtracks keep playing. You will think things about yourself all day today. But what if they were kind and considerate and helpful and optimistic and true in a biblical power of God sense, like music playing in the background of your life. I'm not just here to tell you that you can do that. I'm here to tell you that you can do a great many other things when you begin by managing your soundtrack. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. And if you're just in search of deeper Bible study or you want to share the message of Jesus with the children in your life, remember to go to creationtorevelation.com. This wonderful company run by Christians provides beautiful illustrations of scripture from beginning to end, putting the spotlight on Jesus. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.